So Christmas, we know, is about the birth of Jesus. And there's no other birth in the history of the world that's had so much attention. No, no other birth celebrated so much that gets people's, you know, people get engaged, involved in it. It still amazes me week by week, year by year, how many people celebrate Christmas. You know, the parties come out, the lights go on, people sing carol, and yet they have no idea what on earth they're doing. And yet they still do it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's miracle territory right there, isn't it? You know, all the people who came through our Christmas wonderland still have not, many of them have no idea, but they still come, which is a great thing. So it grabs worldwide attention, but most people don't get it. And I read this statement that Christmas is the most beautiful season, but it's the most abused and abased holiday or, or celebration. Isn't that true? Instead of love, peace, and joy, what do we get? Stress, anger, violence, relationship breakdown, you know, stress, debt, all, all that. You get that. Well, hold on a minute. We're celebrating peace and joy and, you know, great news, and yet it's violated, isn't it? You wonder what God thinks as he looked down on this whole thing. But there is hope. And this is the hope that I see, is that even though people don't fully understand Christmas, I believe in many, many hearts, there is a, a little something that at Christmas time, they can give a, a one-day tribute to God. They may, they may sing a Christmas carol. They may be touched by the nativity scene. You know, they, they may come through our Christmas wonderland. Why, why would all that be? Because there's something in them put there by God, made in Margot Day, made in the image of God, that draws them to himself. They don't know that that's what's happening. And I kind of think maybe if that, that, that desire just grows a bit more, a bit more, a bit more, eventually they can come to Christ and be saved. So even in the midst of all this going on around the world, maybe the fact that they light up the Christmas tree, maybe the fact that there's Christmas carols down in the moor, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe God is slowly but surely working in their lives and drawing people to himself. So there's a teenage boy <laughs> opening his Christ, Christ, Christmas gifts. You know, I'm always trying to get Adrian to give me my gifts early. She won't abide. <laughs> is there someone with authority here to talk to her and tell her that he should get his Christmas gifts one week before? I like it a week before. Anyone, is anyone with me on this? <laughs> Michael. He's, he's an anointed man of God for sure. For sure. Absolutely. <clears throat> because if I get my gifts earlier, I'm a nicer person to be around. Isn't that worth it? No. I can't. Anyway, this kid's wrap, unwrapping his Christmas gift. And it's, it's a big box. And it's just newspapers. He's like, what is this? Parents are laughing. They say, dig a bit deeper. Dig a bit further. A tin of cat food. Don't ever give your kids a tin of cat food for Christmas, all right? So he is shocked. And they just laughed. And they said, keep on digging. Gets to the bottom of the, Christmas, of the box. And there is a, a, a year's gym fees, which is something he always wanted. What I want to do today with you is for us to look beyond all the outer layers of Christmas. That's wrapped around the season, the hype the stress, the food, the debt, you know, even the family. Can we just look beyond that today? Can we just go even deeper than you may have been historically and see the wonder of this person who's called Jesus? How many would like to be a, see a bit more of Jesus today? Well, listen carefully, because I've got a lot of things to say, and I hope that <clears throat> the result of what I, what I share today, our response is going to be, come, let us Adore him. 
Do you know in eternity, when you get to heaven, do you know one thing? You will not be praying for breakthrough. You won't be praying for healing. You won't be praying for family and friends to be saved. You won't be praying for mental health struggles or depression or anything like that. You won't be doing any of that. It's, it's because it's all over. We're in heaven. All those prayers are answered. Is that good news? That's great news. Eh? But there is one thing you'll still be doing. One thing. You know what that is? You'll be worshipping God at a whole new level. You think we worship today? It's nothing compared to when you get to heaven. And I reckon most of the time you're going to be on your face before God singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. I often read about the four elders prostrate before the throne of God, the four living creatures and the 24 elders, they all prostrate night and day singing, holy, holy, holy. So in eternity, we're going to be worshipping our King and our God forever and ever and ever. You know, biblically, the Lord's Prayer, do you know how it starts? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So prayer starts with worship, does it? Does your prayer start with worship? It's meant to, it's meant for me to start. But what happens is we easily forget the worship part and we get onto all the prayers. But I reckon God wants to change that around a bit. <clears throat> in fact, when I was preparing this message about a few days ago, that morning, I just happened, before I got to this message, when my prayer time, I happened to have a, a really great time of worship. So I started singing one of my favourite songs that I sing that Christy Lee and I are going to sing at some stage. Um, <laughs> when I survey the wondrous cross, on which the... When I <coughs> survey <coughs> the wondrous cross. There's no back, that's acapella. Okay. So I started singing that full throttle. The crowds gathered around my house. People looked out their windows and said, man, is this a soprano? Is it a soprano? Whatever. Well, it's one of those. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> and uh, so I got through that. And after I finished that, I went into the old rugged cross on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem, suffering and shame. I just had a fantastic time of worship. Then I went to prayer. So I want to make a challenge to you and me today. What about before this year is out, one of your times with God is only worship and no prayer. I can see that you're overwhelmingly excited about that. <laughs> Tell the person next to you, you need to do that. You need to do it. Who reckons that might release more miracles than we would believe? Yeah. Right? Who reckons that might just happen? Yeah. Right? I reckon, I reckon it could be God's way of getting us, you know, instead of a gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. <laughs> what about worship, 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 your name is Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah, All right. John 1:14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So we see God clothed in human form. This is the incarnation. Some people say it's the most miraculous, amazing thing that's ever happened on the planet. That God, creator of the heavens and the earth, the almighty through galaxies into place by the billions would actually come out of that glory and become a human being like you and me. 
in all our frailty. It is the most amazing, amazing thing that's ever happened, I believe, to, in many ways in the history of the world. It's just mind-blowing. So there was this rich king, and he had a palace in him, but he was not happy because he, was, he never, didn't have a person to share it with. He didn't have a wife. And um, looking out the window, he sees this beautiful peasant girl, and he thinks, oh, man, I'd like her. But he didn't know how to win her heart. And he could command her, come, you can be my queen. But then he wouldn't know whether she really loved him. So he thought I could just invite her to the palace, but then she might be overwhelmed by my royalty, my wealth and riches. So she would only, um, he still wouldn't know whether she just loved him for her, his wealth and his power. So he came up with a plan. His plan was this. He disguised himself as a peasant. He came to earth. He came down to where she was. And he lived among the people. He ate with them. He grieved with them. He cried with them. He worked with them. He became one of them. And as a result, he won the peasant's woman's heart. This is Jesus. He became one of us. Imagine that. Like you and me, in human flesh. And then he, he sat with us. He ate with us. He visited people in their homes. He prayed, he cried, he grieved with people. He became one of them. And as I look at Jesus in that aspect of his life, I find I love him in return. He won my heart. As a man, he won my to what To see God in his glory and majesty and all that up there, that, that's cool. It's hard to connect my heart with that. But when I see him in Jesus, wow, my heart is warmed. Yeah. Oh, come, let us adore him. <clears throat> he is just so amazing. He fully identified with our humanity. I mean, that's so important, isn't it? Most religions, it's a God way out there. What's he like? Angry, you've got a stick, whatever. But when Jesus, he becomes one of us. You don't get that in any other religion. He becomes one of us. And, and, he, and he goes through the struggles, the pains, the hurts, the suffering. All that we go through, he goes through. So you know what that means? He understands exactly where you're at today. He knows exactly what's going on in your life today. Not only does he know, he can sympathize. Not only can he sympathize, he can work miracles and do amazing things in your life. He, he'll cry with you, he'll grieve with you. I reckon sometimes when you're weeping, he is weeping as well. That's what I see in the Bible. This is an amazing God. This is Jesus. In God, in Jesus, God becomes close to us. He's the lover of our souls. He understands everything about us. Don't ever think that God is distant out there and doesn't care about you. That is just so unbelievably not true. So in John 18, verse nine, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For I and the Father are one. Think about that. If you've seen Jesus, and he's like us, isn't that incredible? He's, a, he's, he's more like us than we would ever realize. He's not some way out, distant, unapproachable. Under, no, he's like us. So when you've seen Jesus, you have seen God. You wanna know what God is like? Read the Gospels. Go through the life of Jesus and think, man, this is the God I love. This is the God I want to serve. He is truly, truly amazing. See, without the incarnation, we'd not really know what God was like. He reveals himself in many ways. 
So he reveals himself in creation. That's phenomenal, isn't it? He reveals himself in this book. But the greatest revelation of God is in the person of Jesus Christ. They say that he was the exact, the Bible says, he was the exact image of God. He was exactly what God is like, not partly what God is like. He was an exact representation of God to you and me. You want to know what God is like? Have a good look at Jesus, whom we celebrate this glorious season. Oh, come, let us adore Him. What about Jesus as a young boy? It's interesting. So he's in the temple. He's debating with the religious leaders having a discussion. For the first time, human beings can talk with God in visible form. Visibly present, people could talk with Him. That never happened before. They they could talk with Him, but not in that, in the flesh, on earth, in visible form. So now, the good news is this, anyone can talk to Jesus, including you. You know, the poor could talk to Jesus. You know, the, 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 the religious leaders could talk to Jesus. The, 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 the poor widow could talk to Jesus. The woman at the well, six husband, living with us, she could talk to Jesus face to face. She didn't have to get her life all sorted out, by the way, before she could talk to Jesus. Unbelievers can talk to Jesus. He, that's, that's how amazing this God is. Beyond words, really, to explain that. Try getting close to another leader, ruler, the barriers, but we can get to Jesus 24-7. No appointment required, no dress code required. You can go straight into His presence and spend time with Him. It's amazing how people came to Jesus. You read through the gospel, it's amazing. You know, they came at night, came during the day. So God's walking down the street and they're touching Him. Wow. They would invite Him, say, hey God, Will you come to have my house for a meal? Yeah, sure. Whether they were good people or not good people, you would still go. This is a God so approachable, so approachable, so loving, so kind. Don't ever think you have to keep a distance from God. Doesn't matter how you lived or what you've done, it doesn't, you don't have to keep that distance from God because He comes close to us, comes close to all of us. That is the wonder of Jesus. R.C. Sproul puts it this way. When we celebrate, what we celebrate at Christmas is not so much the birth of a baby, but the incarnation of God himself. Put your head around that. You know, we see the nativity scenes. We hear about the birth of Jesus. And it's all good, isn't it? We look at it and we think, oh, cool. You know, there's a baby in the mate. No, 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 no. It's more than that. It's God coming to earth in the flesh. This is the invasion of God onto the planet. Oh yeah. So next time you see the nativity scene, next time you see that baby, think, wow, God, God, there's God in the flesh has come to earth. This was his first step in redeeming mankind, Adam's fallen race. He came as an invasion of God to heaven. I reckon the very foundations of the world shook because this was the beginning of another day as Jesus entered the earth. So it's going to come up on your screen. The invisible, let this 
caused worship to rise, became visible. The untouchable became touchable. The unlimited became limited. The almighty, all-powerful, became weak. The exalted was humbled. Wow. From the throne to a cross. What other ruler does that? From ruler to being ruled. She. From power to weakness. This is amazing grace. Beyond understanding, beyond comprehension. You know, the typical way that rulers stride throughout the world, they have bodyguards, they have a fanfare, they have trumpets, they have expensive clothes, they have jewelry. <laughs> I read of one ruler, <clears throat> went to the United States. You know, 4,000 pounds of baggage. When I travel overseas, I have 23 pounds. They have 4,000 pounds of, that's a lot of clothes, would you not agree? That's, not, that's, that's a lot of clothes. And they had um, two outfits for every occasion. You know, we have one outfit for every occasion. And they have two outfits for every occasion. And a morning outfit in case someone died. Huh? Yeah, that doesn't happen. And then leather toilet seat covers. This is true. This is rulers, friends. No, more than that, they had their own hairdresser. That's a thought. I might think about that next time I travel overseas. Take my own hairdresser. I'm not sure the board would pay for that, but I think it'd be worth it. Uh, own hairdresser and a host of attendants. That's how rulers come to town. Jesus comes in a different glory. He comes in the glory of humility. May God restore the glory of humility to the church today. May God restore the glory of humility to church leadership today, to church people today, that we don't exalt a man, we don't lift up a, a leader or whatever, we honour them by sure, but we don't exalt them. We only lift up one name and his name is Jesus. We exalt him to the highest place. We give him all the praise. We give him all the glory. We worship the Creator, not the created. Stop worshipping the created and worship the Creator who made everybody. It is a grievous mistake to worship the created. I don't care what they do. I don't care how good they are. I don't care what, what medals they might win. No, no. They can only do what they do because of the Creator. So we worship the Creator, not the created. This is amazing grace. Have you thought about this? Jesus comes to earth. The wood in the manger, he made it. The straw, he made it. The animals in the stable, he made it. The stable, he made the stable. Bethlehem, he made Bethlehem. Herod, who tried to kill him, he made Herod. He was, do you know what? God was in control of everything all the time. He never lost control of what was going on. It may look like it was all over the place and wonder what on earth is going on. No, no, God was in control all the time and God is always in control all the time and God is in control of your life. He is in control of your life. The devil's not in control of your life. Demons are not in control of your life. People are not in control of your life. God, God Almighty is in control of your life and my life. 
So we gotta keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our trust and our faith in Him because He is working all things together for good for our lives if we love Him enough. I wanna say this, that no demon, no devil, no person can stop God's purpose for your life. Don't ever think you're in the hands of man. You are not. I am not in the hands of man. I'm not in the hands of the church board. I'm not in the hands of this church. I'm in the hands of Almighty God. What He has planned for me will be fulfilled. No one can stop it. No one can block it. No one can hinder it. I just keep my eyes on Jesus. Is this, tell the person next to you, this is really good news. Because we easily think that people rule our lives. Don't we? We think people are in charge. No, no, they're under the hand of God. I'll drink to that. Someone spiked this, by the way. That's the same color as gin. No gin. Everybody say no gin. Ah, good. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to speed up now. The birth of Jesus reminds us he's a God of miracles. I love Luke 1, 26 to 28. The sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And and the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So as we look at this passage, I wish you a Merry Christmas. Not M-E-R-R-Y. I wish you a merry, M-A-R-Y, Christmas. Because the Christmas story is all about a miracle. It's about a virgin getting pregnant and giving birth to God himself. Who reckons that's a mighty miracle? Yeah, Yeah, they don't get much bigger than that. So Christmas, we celebrate this season. I want you to start thinking, this is miracle season. This is where God demonstrated He's a miracle working God. The first thing he did when he came to earth was a miracle. Even before he arrived, he did a miracle. He's a miracle worker. Get ready for a miracle this Christmas season. I wish you a Merry Christmas. Luke 1, 34, 37, Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Some of you are saying that right now. Say, yeah, pastor, that all sounds good. But hey, how can this be? I can't see it. I can't see how God's gonna do this. Well, that's because you're not God. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? You're not God. So of course you can't see it. Your brain can't work everything out. Stop trying to work everything out. Your finite mind will never work out the infinite God. You've got to just put your trust in Him and let God be God in your life. And when you allow Him to do that, you're going to see God do some incredible and amazing. You know what I think happens? Our mind gets in the way and then we try and sort it out. Guess what? When you try and sort it out, you make a massive mess. Hey? So tell the person next to you, don't make a mess of this. Go on, just tell them. Because some people are. They're making a mess of it because they're trying to do it all themselves. Are we all right? Yes. If you're not, I'm going to keep going anyway. Luke 1, 34 to 37. How can this be? Since I do not know a man, with God nothing will be impossible. He still does the impossible. So in the dark pocket of Mary's womb, the life of God entered and worked a miracle. Is there a dark pocket in your life today? What is it? What's that dark pocket? The life of God wants to enter and work a miracle for you. 
I wish you a Merry Christmas. Friends, He is a miracle-working God. Maybe your miracle has not come yet. Maybe you've prayed for a long time. I believe it's on its way this Christmas season. Got a few minutes left. Luke one twenty-eight. The angel said to her, Rejoice highly, one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Mary was highly favored and chosen to be the mother of Jesus, the Savior of the world. Now that word highly favored, that word only occurs twice in the New Testament. The other time it occurs is in Ephesians 1 verse 6, he has made us accepted in the beloved, which means that we also, like Mary, are highly honored and favored by God. You look at Mary and hey, half the world, part of the world worships Mary, don't they? The man, the mother of Jesus. What an awesome privilege. She was highly favored. So are you. You are as highly favored as Mary was highly favored. And my point is this, if God did miracles for Mary, God can also do miracles for you. Don't ever minimize who you are. Don't ever think that miracles are for this one, that one and the other one. No, you are highly favored by God. You are the apple of His eye. He loves you. There's nothing He wouldn't wanna do for you to bless you and do you good and to show you His favour and His blessing in your life. You are highly, can you hear me? Maybe that's the only thing you needed here today, the balcony down. You are highly favoured by God. So hey, you, I know you, some of you are bursting to say this. Tell the person next to you, man, you are highly favoured by God. Wow, if you're highly favored by God, you gotta believe God can do some amazing things in your life. I love the story about this girl's father. Uh, he's a hopeless drunk, would beat his mother up, beat the mother up. So a group laid hands on a handkerchief. You wanna try this, put it under the pillow. He went to bed that night, he came home drunk, went to bed that night, couldn't sleep, got up, walked around. Went back to sleep, got up again, walked around. Three times, he goes to his daughter and he says to her, I can't sleep. He said, I don't know what's happening to me. I feel like I'm sinning against God. Yeah. She shared Jesus with him. He was saved, water baptism, became a wonderful follower of Jesus. Miracles still happen. Come on, friends, say it with me. Miracles still happen. Say it again. Miracles still happen. Some of you have forgotten that. One more time. Miracles still happen. So never stop praying for your miracle. Never stop believing for your breakthrough, your answer, whatever it is. I don't care how many years you've prayed, how many months you've prayed, keep praying again. As we come to the end of one year and we start another year, I wanna say it's time to get up again. It's time to fight again. It's time to go again. It's time to pray again. It's time to raise again. It's time to go forward again. It's time, friends, not to go backwards, but to go forward. Yeah, a year is gonna close, but a new year is gonna start. And I wanna say to someone, I don't know who I'm trying, I wanna say, get up. Get up, the future is better than your past. Get up, you're not going backwards, you're going forward. Get up, God has a great plan for your life. Get up, get up, get up, and move forward into the plans and the purposes of God. Get up, because some of you are giving up. But God is saying, no, you don't give up, you get up. You say, how can I get up? God's power and His Spirit is in you. You can do, or get someone to pray for you. They'll help you to get up. All right, my last point, we wrap this up. Gosh, look at the time. The birth, Jesus' birth teaches us that God is the master of setbacks. 
And I remember my favorite point probably. This season we celebrate God's most successful setback. It says, therefore God has wholly exalted him, bestowed on him a name above every other name. In the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth. Every tongue confess Jesus Christ as Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know what God delights to do? Show his power through apparent defeat. Hmm. You see how it works? He, he makes tactical retreats to win strategic victories. He's a master. You say, can you explain that a bit further? I'm glad you asked. Je- Joseph's destiny was to be a leader. He had the dreams. He was a leader, right? So how does God get him there? By strategic setbacks. <laughs> so he gets put into a pit to die. Fortunately, he's rescued. Goes and let, taken into Egypt, where God wanted him, by the way. Becomes a slave. Ends up in a prison. Finally, he gets in prison. He sort of talks to the butler. And eventually, he gets to become the, like the leader of the most powerful nation there, which was Egypt. And so friends, a whole lot of strategic setbacks got Joseph to exactly the place he wanted him to be. God is the master of turning setbacks into setups. And so you know what your, the setback you're facing right now? Believe me, it's a setup for God to do something amazing in your life beyond what you could think or even imagine. Jesus going to the cross looked like a massive setback. But you know, Satan thought he had his man, but it was actually a setup because on the cross, Jesus defeated hell, devil, and Satan. He rose again on the third day to be King of kings and Lord of lords, to win salvation for mankind. It looked like a setup. It looked like a reversal. It looked like a loss, but it was a massive setup by Almighty God. He is the God of the setbacks. My point is this, either God's in charge of your life or He's not. You better make your decision. Because if He is in charge of your life, you better start trusting Him. Just trust Him with whatever is going on in your life. When we're deeply committed to God, He works it all out for us. Another example, Jesus. (laughs) He's gonna be King of kings and Lord of lords. Saviour of the world, what happens? Takes on the form of a slave. He's mocked, he's beaten, he's rejected, he's executed. It looks like loss, defeat, injustice, betrayal, everything. But God turned it all around. Exalted him to the very highest place. When we're deeply committed to God, Jesus and Joseph teach us, Genesis 50 verse 20, what the enemy meant for evil, God works it for good. My own life, me and Adrian, Illustrate this. My dream, and none of you would know how deep my passion was to be a full-time missionary on the foreign field. I was so called by God, so powerfully impacted for missions. Adrian and I got the opportunity, went to the mission field, the Philippines, many of you know the story, I'm not gonna go into the details, but it was, it was pretty much a disaster. It was just, it was, it was a terrible, terrible time. We're lucky, quite frankly, to have even survived it. As I think back at that time in the Philippines, I see that we faced, we faced setback. We faced loss. We faced pain. There were many tears. There was great disappointment. And there was grief. It just seemed to all go backwards. And yet God was in control of it all. And he turned the whole thing around. He is the master of the setback. And as it, finally he got us 
to our destiny, where he actually won us to be, which I would never have thought in my wildest dreams this was that, and that was to be the senior leadership here at Church Unlimited. Through all the setbacks, it seemed like loss, it seemed like reversal, it seemed like defeat, it seemed like demotion. God turned the setback into a setup that lead us to where God wanted us to be. As the musicians would please come. With the incarnation, in Jesus, God draws close. He does have a miracle in store for you. Would you dare to believe? Would you dare to believe for a miracle? You might think, gosh, my faith's so low. You don't need a lot of faith, friends. Just a mustard seed. Give your not enough faith to God today and he can multiply it. Three loaves and two fish, that's all they had. God multiplied it. Maybe your faith is just two loaves and a bit of fish. Five loaves and fish, can't remember five and five. Whatever it was. That little amount. That little bit of faith. Give it to Jesus. He can do a lot with a little bit of faith. God draws close. He's got a miracle for you. And he's working every setback in your life to bring you to the place he's called you to fulfill your destiny. And if that's not enough, you are saved, most of you, and you'll spend eternity with Jesus in heaven forever. We celebrate today the dawn of redeeming grace. This still is and forever will be the greatest story ever told. Come, let us adore him. Amen.